This is the Everyday Teacher Podcast. I am Patrick Pollock. We are coming to you with episode 12, and I've got a gym dandy of a guest today. You're going to like this one for sure. Um, actually, I probably did this in backwards order. Uh, today, we'll be interviewing Jocelyn Brown, who is a biology teacher at Laguna Hills High School, home of the Hawks. We had her husband on earlier, and I started thinking that, boy, did I screw that order up. So hopefully, uh, we'll. Uh, not get shunned too bad, but um, I'm excited to have Mrs. Brown on. Jocelyn, good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. So thanks for having me, Pat. Awesome. 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 All right. So let's get into the basics. Let's, let's set our foundation, if you will, our objectives in our learning environment. Um, what was your path to education? Why did you want to be a teacher? There has to be a good story there. Um, I, well, I didn't initially want to be a teacher. Um, I, way back when I was at Lagoon Hills High School, because uh, I actually went there as a student, just like my husband did. Um, I was really, yes, home of the Hawks. Um, I was really inspired by my biology teacher, uh, Steve McCormick. So I took biology from him and then I took AP bio from him. And so when I went to UC San Diego, I was all pre-med and in it. And I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Um, and then after a few years, kind of decided, you know, I really like this, but I don't know that I love this to the extent of wanting to like marry it like you do need to with medicine. And so I was still right. figuring it out when I was in college. And then um, I decided to do a study year abroad. And so I went to England and it was when I was in England and took a bunch of uh, theater classes. Like it had always been part of like uh, right. what I did, but it wasn't my focus. Um, mm -hmm. But in England, they focus um, on their specialty areas much earlier than we do. So I was in a room, I was like the worst person in the room as far as talent wise and experience wise. Um, and it really kicked me in the behind and I loved it. And so kind of at that point I decided, oh, I really wanna go into theater. So I had, um, so when I finished UC San Diego, I had a degree in biology and a degree in theater. And I'm like, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> um, and I ended up working for my dad for a year for his uh, small business. I was his office manager and just learned a bunch of accounting and things like that on the job. And, um, and Kirk wasn't in, uh, he wasn't teaching either. He was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And the, so we just kind of did our thing for a number of years and it was great business experience. Um, but both of us after, oh, I don't know, like three to five, six years, something like that, we were both kind of getting like, eh. Like I'm not enjoying waking up and going to work every day. Like this is, right. I don't feel inspired. I don't feel like I'm really making a difference. That was the thing that was just eating away at me. It's like, I was really good at my job and I was like, and I don't care. Like that sounds sad, right. but I just, yes, no, paying the bills absolutely. is very important, but I needed something else. And um, Kirk actually made the jump first. It's because he started coaching again because he had coached in right. college and so he started coaching again and that like made all the difference. He came home and he was just like, blah, blah, blah. let me tell you about this and tell you about that. I'm so excited. And, blah, blah. and I was like, oh, I miss feeling like that. <laughs> so, sure. No, absolutely. So, yeah. So watching him go through his student teaching and all the coaching and stuff, I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to do some teacher observations and I'm going to contact right. Steve McCormick back at my old high school and see if I can come in a bit and ask some questions. And it started like that. So so there we go. No, that's awesome. Okay, so I, fun, I'm going to kind of ask a couple questions regarding what you just said. Yeah. Um, fun fact, I did not know you went to UC San Diego. I went to UC San Diego. I know. Fellow yeah. Tritons, yeah, yes. Right. But I'm class, <laughs> I'm class of 95. I'm an old man, so. so but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll expand on that a little bit more. But um, so uh, real quickly, you said something, and this seems to be a common trend. And. Um, in, in most cases, most of the people I've interviewed, uh, only one or two dove into teaching right out of the gate. Um, you know, Coach Lester, he started teaching when he was like 22. And, and as a result, you know, he's going to have a thousand years in by the time he graduates. Graduate. Graduate. Which is true. Pretty graduate, much. yeah. Hires, graduate from teaching. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. But do you think your years of office management, business experience, do you think that this made you a more effective classroom teacher because you understood processes and procedures and deadlines and stuff like that? Oh yeah. I mean, just, just the, I mean, yes, I was always a really good student and could manage my time well, but it's a whole other thing when you're managing other people. Um, and you yes. need to come up with for a whole office, make everything work smoothly as 
um, you know, a whole business. And so, yeah, yeah, it helped me greatly. I mean, just building on skill sets, but that was one of the areas in um, when I did my student teaching that, you know, the people that were observing were like, oh, you're fine on management. You're good. Okay. We're not going to focus right. on that. Let's focus on these other things. Um, just cause right. I had so much experience at it already. So yeah, I, I definitely think it very much helped me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and again, you know, me spending 10 years in corporate America, you know, I was in my thirties when I got into teaching and when I did my, you know, te student teaching with, um, Lester and Weinberger, they were like, all right, I'm out. You know, they go do their drills and stuff like that because it's like anything else. It's like, I don't, you know, one of the things that I, I, and you always get asked this in an interview, like, like, you know, do you ever have classroom management issues? And my answer is no, I don't, I don't have issues, you know? And then, and then, you know, I explain my philosophy on how I command the room and, and I've seen Jocelyn teach. I've subbed for Jocelyn before way back when, and I know for a fact you're going to have knuckleheads in your class. That's a given. But for the most part, there is a expectation that permeates in your classroom that the kids know what they're doing, how they're supposed to be doing it. And it's just a great vibe. It's like, I'm excited in a year's time, both our kids will be going to Laguna Hills together and more than likely, you know, you know, I'll be praying that my daughter ends up in your biology classroom as a freshman. So, awesome. um, so um, and the other thing too, uh, to touch on your theater background, uh, what's the name of the band again? Let's get a quick plug in for the group. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Celtic band, um, Cracking yeah. the Stone. So yeah, it's a band I started, gosh, oy, uh, 2013, 2012, I don't even remember. But yeah, I, I started that band, was like the band leader and the lead singer for about mm -hmm. three years um, before mm -hmm. uh, leaving them and going really back to a bunch of the, like my intense time to theater and uh, directing. Right whatnot at the chance theater so right that's right okay so yeah so but i have heard jocelyn sing and if you like celtic music check it out check out their older stuff obviously um but from a theater production as well i know you've your group just like won an award or was it a year ago or just had some presentation i can't remember just if you want to just kind of kind of expand upon yeah well. no um the the show that i directed which was lizzie the musical based upon lizzie borden who was Ooh. the um acquitted but the accused axe murder of her father and um and her stepmother uh the, the show was based on that but it was a four-woman rock musical and it was an amazing, wonderful experience creatively, and it was very challenging. And our production was nominated uh, for many different Ovation Awards, which was awesome. And for those that don't know, Ovation Awards are basically uh, for like the greater area of LA. They're like the, the main awards group that we have from um, people within the industry. So the people in the industry are the ones that see the shows and uh, you know put in their votes as it were, that kind of thing. So we're very honored. We're the only Orange County Theater nominated. And uh, the fact that we actually won an ovation award for best musical and intimate theater was just uh, amazing. We feel so humbled and so, I don't know, just so fortunate all the way around. So it was a, it was a great experience and one I wasn't uh, expecting. Awesome. Yeah. And, and it's cool because it, sometimes I think teachers are viewed as a one trick pony, you know, and I don't, and, and I don't mean that to be derogatory. I mean, we want to be very, you know, very hands-on in our craft. We want to be very learned, you know, we, we, we tout this lifelong learning mantra, but it's awesome when we see other teachers go out of their field of expertise into another field of expertise. And, and more times than not, you don't know about it. And I'm not just talking, I mean, we have teachers on campus that are coaches and, and again, we have success stories there, but I'm talking literally off campus. It's a third party deal. And uh, to see, you know, fellow colleagues excel is, is awesome, you know? And, and I think it, it, what I'd want parents to understand is you may never really get to know your teacher, but your student will. And I think listening to the conversations you have with your student regarding your teacher, you're going to at least get a, a good snapshot of not only the level of commitment to your child, but really the level of commitment to teaching as a whole. So that's awesome. 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 All right. So we got to talk pandemic. Uh, unfortunately it is still in the news. So we're going to kind of break this up a little bit. So uh, the, the first, the first part of this question is how did you respond to the pandemic? All right. So you, you personally as a teacher, and then what expectations were put upon you in response to the pandemic? 
And the third part is now with fall just two weeks away, <laughs> what are the expectations come fall? Now, I kind of know the answer to that last one, <laughs> but just go ahead and, and let's kind of chop that up into three parts. So let, let's start off okay. with initially, how did, how did you respond to the pandemic? March, Friday the 13th, which yeah. was awesome. Um, well, that week, I will say the week prior, like I had heard about coronavirus and, you know, like we, we had been following it in the news and whatnot, but I, I didn't quite understand yet. It wasn't until I think that weekend that I was, uh, started really reading a bunch of um, information from epidemiologists. And once mm -hmm. I started reading that and some other uh, friends of mine that are in the sciences, then that's when I started really getting concerned and then spoke to a principal at another site. And like, and then I was like, oh, this is happening. We are going to be closing soon, I bet. But in my head, it was still like mm, two weeks away. Like I didn't realize sure. how imminent it was. And actually that week, um, I had a concert, uh, a concert on Saturday, the 14th that I was prepping for the singing concert that I put together and everything that I do every year. And, uh, so it's like, I'm seeing the days tick by and I'm like, Oh, Oh. And I was like going to rehearsals and we're having our final rehearsals right. ready for the concert at night. And, um, and then when it when, uh, came, I think Wednesday, I was like, Oh, this is very soon, like in a day. Two, right. I, uh. And then, um, right. so when I came in on Friday morning, um, I had already had my rehearsals cause I'm directing a show at Chapman university and mm -hmm. that, that had already been canceled. And so I came oh. in on Friday morning knowing, okay, this is the last, um, AP bio test. And so we got to get that done, but I don't want to just leave it. So it's like, as soon as the test is done, I'm like, guys, I love you. Make sure you take all your stuff. We may be home for a while, not knowing what that <laughs> meant at that point, right. you know, that whole sure. thing. And so, yeah, so we all go on break and I think we were all thinking, okay, well, maybe this will really be really bad for a month or maybe six weeks and then we'll be back. And we kept on hoping we sure. would be back, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was insane. We had, you know, two, two days and then they're like, ready and distance learning, go. And uh, uh, we had to <laughs> learn, there was no training. And I'm really right. pretty, like, I like tech a lot and uh, I right. had everything on my website anyway, but to get students to be able to turn stuff in and never physically see them, I had to learn, uh, you know, Google Classroom intimately, which okay. I had only vaguely used in the past and just all True. these other online platforms. I'm like, okay, what's Screencastify? What is Flipgrid? What is like, you name it. Sure. So it's sure. just a really steep learning curve, getting it all going and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and even though I was on an 80% schedule, I probably worked like 55 hours a week. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. easily. Because I was just Go like, cause, I mean, Kirk, Kirk always gives me a hard time. He's like, you don't know how to half-ass anything. And I'm like, ha, ha, And there's so, <laughs> it's wonderful and it's awful at the same time. He's a history teacher. He's a history teacher. <laughs> just different personality types. Um, right. And yeah, and so it just like, I wanted to make it a really good curriculum. And that means Absolutely. tons of hours to put that in while you're actually creating it and you're supposed to be, right. you know, giving it out to the kids at the same time. It just, so it was exhausting. Um, I think, yeah. I don't think I grieved my concert, my production I was directing, like right. all the things right. that, or creative stuff that disappeared because I was so, um, just overwhelmed and exhausted for the first sure. like, six weeks. Honestly, I think it took me that long to be like, Oh, that stuff is gone. Ah, that actually really makes right. me sad and like, and missing. Right. So I, it just, yeah, I kept myself really busy, which uh, kind of distracted me, if that makes sense. Um, no, I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and I think, you yeah. know, what's funny is, like, I remember when I, when I was teaching at Laguna Hills, you know, and I forget what the program is, but they, they advocated us to have a website, yeah. you know, to post things on the yeah. website. And then it seemed to, yeah, I, that seemed to go away. You know, and then when I transitioned to Laguna Beach High School that, you know, in 2015, it was like mandatory. You're up, you will keep a website. It will be up to date. Kids can turn stuff in, Dropbox, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then that just became commonplace. So when I made the jump to virtual, you know, this past September, it was, I, I already had that background. And I started thinking, and, you know, I've obviously talked to Kirk about this. I've talked to Lester about this and, and, and Zog. And it's just like, I think in my two cent opinion, the district really did its teachers a disservice by not implementing, you know, some type of agreement to give you 
the opportunity not to be in this position. Now hindsight's twenty twenty. Okay, um, you know, thankfully, and, and, and I, I hopefully you would agree with this. I thought that the teachers at La Paz, especially the honors teachers, I thought they did a very good job of of flipping things as quickly as possible. Um, it's not the level of rigor that we want our kids in. Um, my daughter and Jocelyn's son are in the same grade and same classes together. Um, but I thought they did a really good job, uh, all things considered. And it will be very, now that they've had a summer to prep, it'll be interesting what fall holds for them as well in that honors, that honors track. So we'll see, we'll see how that, that goes. Well, can um, I speak to that a little bit? Yeah, by all means. Absolutely. Uh, because I think that's the thing, like for so many parents, and I would agree with you, like they're in certain classes, there wasn't the same, same level of rigor or, you know, that maybe we would be hoping for, expecting for, even if it's just sure. learning, because everybody was thrown into this emergency situation. And so mm -hmm. um, as a parent, I was like, oh, treat everything with grace and like, just ask questions, right. and let, you know, that kind of thing, because I Absolutely. know what I was going through and it was horrendous. Um, that right. being said, you would think what we've had all summer to prep, but be it's like this constantly change like we don't get the same um messaging ever like right. and, and so i would love to say that's the case but it's not right and that's the thing i'm actually really kind of i don't know sad and worried for is that parents are going right. to be expecting distance learning 2.0 totally different and <laughs> right, right as far as the teachers prep on it like I literally just found out two days ago that we're going to be using Canvas as a learning management system. So I spent right. like six hours yesterday trying to learn a new learning management system, and we're less than two weeks from being called back into the you know in right. the classroom. So no, no. so I haven't been prepping all summer because I didn't even know what right. we were doing actually. I didn't, and I just got a new right. class I'm teaching, like all this stuff. So it's like it's we have less prep <laughs> this year, this sure. year going into the sure. year than normal, which is, which right. is going to sound very worrisome to a lot of parents. I'm just, I'm hoping because we're under those emergency conditions in the spring where like, at least at the secondary level, we were not allowed to require at all any live learning. Right. We have, you know, at the right. high school level, we have so many students that are watching younger siblings and things like that. So they, we didn't want Absolutely. to require a certain time. <clears throat> we weren't taking attendance because we were told like, no, right now everybody's in crisis. Right. So I'm hoping with the, the right. know, new state laws and stuff, we will have more accountability on the students. And, you know, if there were teachers that kind of right. you know, tuned out and didn't do as much as they should have, more accountability mm -hmm. there too. Um, but we'll see what it looks like. I just, I still feel right. very much in like, please everybody treat everybody else with grace. And no, absolutely. No, it, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, so I guess, you know, I, I, you know, I definitely misspoke. I, I know for a fact you guys have not had the grand opportunity to be able to put something together that, that you would deem worthy, you know, and I, every teacher is going to be different. And, and I think in, it's very consistent in all the teachers that I've spoken to is that, you know, back to your point, the messaging has been very garbled, you know, what a school site wants versus what the district wants. It's, you know, right hand doesn't know the left hand exists and vice versa. So I think it, it's like, I have a, a friend of mine, uh, actually a parent on, on Tessa's softball team. She's a sped teacher in, in Capital Unified. Mm -hmm. And when they had their big powwow and their board meeting, you know, the, the, the head honcho stood up and said, you know, you need to be rest assured that our teachers have been working vigorously all summer to get prepared. And one of the, you know, you had a number of teachers in that meeting. They came out mm -hmm. and was like, um, I'm a teacher at such and such location. Uh, when have we been working all summer? Can you explain to us what that was supposed to look like? Cause this is news to us considering we were giving, you know, zero uh, marching orders for, the summer. And, and I know there's contractual things and all that hoo-ha and, and I get that, which could be a positive thing or a, a negative thing, depending on how this, you know, goes uh, for most districts. Um, but yeah, and I think it's interesting before we came on, uh, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I've got my Monday morning two minute drill and I've been kind of hammering this topic. If, if we have to show our teachers and administrators grace because they're still not a I teach in the virtual space people I have a sick curriculum it is online it is kids can log into it every day there's a path there's we teach specifically toward that curriculum as well as you know other critical thinking skills etc 
All right, but what we're asking our brick and mortar teachers to do is flip their classroom. And that is a challenge. And it doesn't matter how tech savvy you are, at the, 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 there's too many mis, you know, moving parts that are involved. The district, the site coordinators, the site administrators, the teacher, and then the students. The students is the, are the giant you know, outliers. We have, they themselves, their world's been turned upside down. So yes, I totally agree with um, the grace part. And we have to, we have to. Now, with coming to fall, and I know you guys report back the 13th, is that right? Um, yeah, we, yeah, Thursday. And then the students, students arrive on Monday. On, on Monday, Monday. Right. So in our so, learning platform, I mean, online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, putting your ear to the track, if you will, do you have any sense what the ex, what, what your principal, and I'm not going to say their name, yeah. but the, yeah, the yeah. principal at your high school, um, what do you think the expectations are from, from the teachers? I mean, not, not necessarily you specifically. I, I know the standard you will hold. Okay. Cause I know you and, no, and we kind of, I know what you mean. Like overall, what's yeah. the like, what are the expectations? Yeah. yeah. What do you think the expectations? Are um, actually that was the lovely thing. And what I feel like teachers needed to have gotten a lot more this summer is the communication because um, just last week, our, principal uh, sent out a quick email just like you know just a few things on like this is where we're at and granted a lot of the information was like we don't know yet on this we don't know yet on this we don't know yet on this right. but just hearing that this is being discussed he's trying to figure this out he's waiting to True. hear on this blah blah that was just lovely to get because then i was like oh good now i know at least where they're at in the process of right. figuring stuff out sure. great and just even to have more clarity on a couple points was like, oh, good. You don't understand that will help me sleep and not wake up at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> right. You know? Right, right. Um, Absolutely. And, and so actually from, the, from our principal, I have like felt much more reassured that he understands the um, situation that we're in and right. um, how difficult it has been, the lack of communication from the district and with the inconsistent messaging going on and how confusing that is. And because right. you know, so many teachers, I mean, we've got a a, I don't know, it's like over 600, 700 teachers now that created a Facebook group because they were all so frustrated that they felt like they were completely out of the loop and knew less than the right. parents did. Um, because half right. the time the district is emailing parents for like, hey, here's this survey, do all these things. This is what's going on. And the right. teachers are like, we got nothing. And I get sure. all these texts in <clears throat> from friends. Um, and when I say friends, right. like they're uh, my son's friends, like parents um, saying sure. me, assuming because I'm a teacher, I work in this district, I right. should know what's going on. I'm like, actually, I know less than you. Ab like, absolutely. Teachers know everything. I mean, that's right. why and we're would, teachers. Well, they would assume that we would right. be in on the loop absolutely. or that we would be giving feedback, that we would be saying what our concerns were. But our district never asked what our concerns were, except a two-question survey that said, do you want block scheduling for hybrid model or do you want <laughs> all classes? That was it. It was literally a two-question survey. Yeah. But then their messaging out to everybody is, oh, we've gotten all this teacher input. I'm like, no, right. from all teachers, you had a two-question survey. You picked some right. teachers to go into these meetings, which is great. At least some teachers were present. But that leaves a right. lot of teachers feeling like they haven't gotten to, you know, sure. their voice is not being heard at all. And so right. instead of this mess, this Facebook message group where they can all talk and talk about what they're worried about, share things, mm -hmm. try to educate each other That's on like great. what is going on. Um, so I feel like from my local school, I feel like the admin is very aware that teachers are <laughs> teachers mental health is also something that they need to pay attention sure. to and i yeah, think they're absolutely. looking to go in and do the best that we can for students and teachers knowing how stressful this is um but yeah but there's a lot of there's a lot of things that teachers need to know before physically ever going back in the sure. classroom that we've heard nothing on and it's very stressful right. <laughs> yeah no for sure and i and i think again it, it, it's like anything else yeah i i, I believe being an administrator right now at a school site has to be nearly impossible to, 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 to be a, to be effective leader, you know? Um, and I think when you look at the landscape of schools in general, the schools that will succeed. And again, we have to give that a very broad definition in this fall term, but the schools that seem to be more fluid in their execution of what this distant learning is going to look like mm -hmm. is going to be where the administration team will heavily invest and rely upon their teachers 
to make it work. Because an administrator, let's face it, they stroke of the pen, sit in meetings, regurgitate, you know, district and initiatives and, and off they go. And that's, and look, I have much respect for administrators. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I was told I'm being primed for an administrative role. And I'm like, no, I'm much more suited for the classroom. Um, but I think that I, I would like to believe again, knowing the community at Laguna Hills high school, knowing that the community in most of the high schools around here, uh, I would l like to think that those leadership positions are going to rely heavily on the backs and the brains of the teachers on site to make this work because it, it won't if if the do is trying to work the joystick i mean they're using the atari joystick single button you know it's not going to work there's just too many things that need to you need a ps4 joystick and, and off we go um all right so take off your teacher hat for a moment and put your parent hat on yeah okay swap and it Mm -hmm. As a parent, now we as teachers that are also parents, our kids probably hate us. Um, <laughs> my kids hate my kids hate me. I, let me, <laughs> you know, that Monday of the pandemic, we I had my own Google Classroom. They were locked and loaded working, and they were so unhappy with me. I was like, "This isn't a break, kids. This is working to work." Um, so I, I will I will not be the one they take care of when they when I get old. Um, but uh, as a parent, yeah. When you look at how your kids did, now again, like I said, you know, your one son is is my daughter's age, and and then the younger one is going to go into fifth grade. He's going grade? into sixth grade, so yeah, he was in sixth, sixth grade. grade. Yep. Okay, all right. So, how from the point of view of mom, yeah. how do you think your kids handled the pandemic? And then, what were some of the things you did to kind of herd the sheep, if you will? Yeah. Um, Overall, now that we've kind of gone through the spring, now I can say overall and comparing it to the experiences of like some other people I know, I think my kids mm. did pretty well with it. And I, when I say that, I actually, I'm not just, I'm not really not even focusing on academics. I just mean like sure. emotionally and things Absolutely. like that. You know what I mean? Um, right. I think we've actually, and even as adults, we've all kind of learned a little bit more on like, what is our level of not seeing humans? Uh, what, what level right. can we handle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So my kids did pretty well. I mean, my, my son has it like my older son has his group of friends that he's uh, really close with. And so they were still using discord and like gaming on their free time as a way sure. to kind of touch base. So that's their version of zooming with each other, you know, and right, playing right. side by side virtually. Um, so my uh, kids found stuff like that to do, which really helped them as far as the social, the socio emotional stuff. And thank God we, you know, I feel like that, thank God they had each other that's close to, mm. since they're close in age, um, to still right. like hang out with and whatnot. Um, right. academically, yeah, you know, they, they have a, they have two teachers as parents, which meant, you know, as soon as we're in it, we're like, okay, here is the schedule on the wall. And I mean, literally I'm, this is their, right. their space. Yeah. They decorate their right. sides. They're both at a desk. They both have our really ancient laptops they're using for schooling. And um, we just put schedules on the board and we're like, okay, let's, I mean, at the beginning of the whole thing, I was like, let's go through. What do all your teachers expect? When are their office hours? Absolutely. Uh, you know, what's the login times? What's the, like, what are the platforms you need to know? Sure. And we just like wrote it all down and we had like kite inside and tour inside, you know? And so, mm -hmm. um, and granted in those first couple of weeks, it was crazy. And that those schedules changed and right. adjusted. Um, right. For my elementary school kid, um, his teacher was amazing, and she had everybody calling in at, or calling in, but you know, zooming in. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. At, I know at nine o'clock, and gave them instruction, live instruction, all the way till like eleven, eleven thirty every day. So that was awesome. what she was comfortable with. She was really astute with technology. She really enjoyed it, and so she just dove right. in. I, I think she sure. was kind of the poster child for like. <laughs> when you're really right. into this, what can you do even under emergency conditions? Wow. Absolutely. Um, so that was great. Granted, even with that, my kid, uh, my uh, younger kid, like, yeah, he has attention issues. And like without an adult in the room, making sure he's doing what he's doing at all times, like right. we had hiccups. We had times I'm like, wait, <clears> what do you mean you just clicked turn in on Google classroom and it's not done? What, what, what? You know, so right. we, experienced, <laughs> yes. we experienced that ourselves, as, you know, as parents, yeah. we're like, no, 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 you can't do that. But so we had, we figured out pretty quickly, which kid needed more guidance, who needed sure. more, um, you know, supervision at certain times. And so right. kind of made it a habit that 
we would check in more often with one of them that needed it. And then at the end of the day, when we'd sit down with each of them, it's like, okay, show me what your work was today. Show me what you did. Yep. What stuff did you turn in? Absolutely. When are your due date, due date still, blah, blah, blah. But saying all that, um, we, Kirk and I were home and teaching from home. And yes, we had to juggle and tag team constantly like, oh, who's available True. who can help them. And it was not easy. It was challenging. Right. But right. we also have the skill set. We know how to organize this stuff. And Absolutely. you know what I mean? So I think right. um, that made it easier for us than some other parents that are like, I don't even know where to start, you know, right. how, how to schedule this and keep them on track. And I, I think right. it did throw a lot of parents for a loop, even though the teacher's providing all the curriculum or should have sure. been, it should have been providing all of that. So parents aren't actually homeschooling. All the curriculum is provided. They're not supposed to be doing the teaching. Right. But just the right. level of supervision that each kid needs to actually get stuff sure. done, I think I think it. Uh, a bunch of my friends, it, they, it, it kind of shocked them the level that their kid would need, and depending on their age sure. and their personality, um, which right. makes it so challenging as a parent when you're, yes, you know, trying to work from home yourself, or if you're not even home because you're an essential worker, right. and you're like, "Good luck, kid. I hope you do it all. I'll see you at six o'clock tonight." <laughs> I mean, right. You know? So, right. You know where the bag, you know where the Cheerios are when you're hungry. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, in, in the, you know, the reason behind me doing this podcast is, is just that. I think if anything, what this pandemic has shown parents that what a teacher has to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis with your kid, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, little yeah. Billy and little Susie, whether you like it or not need assistance in, in, um, it, it's funny, you know, the, the twins, uh, were in third grade this past year and out of the gate, you know, they, they came out strong and I was like, mm -hmm. yes. And then after a week we got the retraction email that they were, it's just too much work. And, and, mm -hmm. and again, I'm probably the worst person to ask in these situations. And I'm like, and I flat out emailed both teachers. I go, I, I think don't change a thing. You should be wanting your 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 students working for at least four hours. The, the the material you gave, even on the most slowest pace, would at least extend you through a school day, which isn't necessarily bad. You give them due dates on things. It's very organized. I go, do not fall into you know parent pressure. And sure enough, it went from you know probably a good morning of work to you know Bella's done at eleven o'clock. You know, her work's done, you know, and you know, my son's a different story. My son will work when he has to, or I'm watching him work. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, he has things to do. My, my son at 10 has the busiest schedule of things to do. I have no <laughs> idea what he's doing. The man needs an assistant. So, um, but it was just like, again, I, I got the seesaw message from his teacher saying, um, Jack hasn't turned in anything in like five days. And I went through the roof, you know, and I was like, dude, sit down. And the worst part about it, when we sat down, he was, he was able to get caught up in 90 minutes. I mean, think about that. Five days of work got caught up in 90 minutes. You can kind of see the level of instruction. Again, I get it. I, I, we are the unicorn in the room. We have the skill set. We know how to organize. We know what teachers' expectations are. Our kids have it hard because we will side with our teacher more times we will side with them. And, you know, yeah, and that's hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, that's in, but, and again, I think moving forward, you know, it, it's funny. I reached out to, to Sam. I go, I need a desk. He's, yeah, come get one. You know, I got to put my son literally eight feet behind me when I'm teaching my kid, my, my students are going to see, you know, my son working, you know, the girls are fine. They're very self-motivated. But, I, so. but I think that, and that's the challenge for so many parents is they didn't, or like, even though you know your kid, you don't know your kid in an academic setting, getting stuff Absolutely. done fairly. And Absolutely. sometimes I think can be, I think it was very surprising to some parents on the level yeah. of supervision that their kid needed to actually get whatever it was done because right. the teacher's always been there to help. And yeah, they might have a class of yes. 36, but being in that classroom and being monitored like that and getting the encouragement, like, come on, come on, Jack, you can do this. Let's go, focus. Yeah. No, that, that, no. That's what sure. they needed. And, the, and depending on the, uh, you know, the parent's position, parent's availability in their job, that may or not, may not be possible for them, may not right. have been possible for them in the spring and also the fall. 
And that's, right. I, I totally understand the, uh, yeah. the trepidation that a lot of parents are feeling about going into this again, you know, and right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. I want to switch gears here a little bit. I, I specifically want to talk curriculum for a moment. And I know sure. this is danger. You know, we, we, we start talking curriculum, people get nervous and, um, uh, Jocelyn is a biology teacher, science teacher, and in biology at least Luganos High School is now a freshman science, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, now I, I know her and I have already kind of had this conversation, but I, I want to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit about when your child is, is an incoming freshman and they're facing a class like biology. Okay. Um, so now the biology is a freshman science. From what have you seen, do you think the students coming in are prepared for a class like biology? All right. And, and, and that's, that's kind of part A. Yep. And then part B, if you had an opportunity to talk with your junior high science teachers, what could you collaborate, that's the word I'll use, with them to prepare them for a class like biology? I think the coolest thing has been since my kid is in junior high right now, I've gotten to right. see a bunch of the curriculum that he's actually working on and what comes yes. home and that kind of thing. And yes. so um, it's been the thing since teaching that there was like one time that I was able to, as a high school science teacher, talk to some junior high teachers like way early on in my career and it like never happened again. And that is actually right. one of the main things that high school science teachers would love to do is actually sit down and really discuss like, okay, so when the students are leaving junior high, as the junior high teachers, what are the main skills that you feel like you prepared them really well for going into high school so that we can also, so that we can just sit down and have that conversation so they can understand from our perspective, like these would be our massive priorities versus this. And so that we can just, just to have even an understanding because it always happens, even, you know, going from, geez, uh, bi- uh, biology to chemistry, that I know I've taught them some things, and by the time they get to chemistry, you know, Tina Martin comes over the hall, and she's like, didn't you teach them this? They say they've never heard right. this before, and you're like, whoa, whoa, right. excuse me, uh, yeah, we spent two weeks on that, so I know kids do that, and kids forget stuff, and, you know, blame <laughs> selective amnesia all of a sudden when they don't yes. remember something, um, so I, you know, and there's no way like any blame on the junior high teachers. Cause I'm sure a lot of the stuff is happening, but it, I think it would help us to be able to kind of scaffold like that and know exactly the certain, like the skill sets that the junior high teachers are focusing on. So we, we can communicate sure. in that way. Um, because I will say as uh, the freshman science teacher, um, a very large, I'm not, and I'm talking about the regular biology student right now, not the honors biology sure. student, the regular biology student, uh, the math is a huge problem. Some of them are very right. behind in math already. And when I'm saying right. behind in math, I'm talking about some basic math skills, like some of them do not understand how to calculate a percentage. Like, what does it mean to actually have a 75% on 20 points? And they don't, right. They, they don't understand really the application sure. of how to do it. Like literally I would have kids, you know, that are like, I got a 15 out of 20. Is that good? Like they don't, I'm like, <laughs> multiply it by five. You're fine. <laughs> just, like they, they don't, they right. don't really, like some of it is like sure. some, some very actually simple math that they learned in elementary school. And so the level of math right. that they come in with is a, is a difficulty for sure, because there's a lot of, right. um, teaching that I have to do when it comes to math and metrics and stuff like that, that sure. I don't actually have time to teach in my, in the curriculum. But if I don't, there's no way right. that they can understand what we're doing. Um, right. So the math is definitely an issue. I would love to sit down with the junior high teachers and talk about in the science class itself, how right. much math do they actually end up teaching? How much do they teach the kids to graph? How much do they sure. like, those calculations yeah. of their data, like how, how often does that happen? Um, and then the right. other would be, I know from my, cause I just saw my son go through it. Um, the, some of the junior high teachers are amazing with the number of demos they do. They do more demos than yeah. I do. And I'm like, that's sure. awesome. Um, however, the kids get into my class and they're expected not just to like have all these fun inquiry experiences, which NGSS, that's um, the right. next generation science standards that we've all been converting to the last couple of years. Yes. Um, And yes, I love the inquiry part of it. It should be teaching kids to think more like a scientist with the problem solving and all that. However, 
they get into high school and they are now expected to be able to design their own experiment. They should understand all the parts of an experiment with the variable, right. with the hypothesis. They should already have practice right. of that. Right. And I'm telling you right now, I got kids that it's, it seems like they've, sure. they've heard the word hypothesis before. They know it means educated right. guess. And that's about <laughs> their understanding stops. And so right. we have to spend just a ton of time and it's not actually in our curriculum. And that's, I know that sounds crazy, but there's such right, an assumption sure. that they know how to do this already. And I'm like, no, right. they don't. So right. I spend my first month of school is spent on math and metrics and data tables and graphing and all this stuff and variables right. because they don't have enough practice at it. So th for me, right. I would love to have that conversation with the junior high teachers to be like, how can we incorporate sure. this more so they don't come in so lost on these particular issues? Right. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. it's interesting because again, when we were in high school, we took earth science, then biology, then chemistry, then physics. That seemed to be the natural order of operation. Now, I never took chemistry. I, I dodged that bullet. So, um, <laughs> How did you get away with that? <laughs> it was, well, keep in mind, when I started high school, we still had to take basic programming. So, you know, my mom signs me up, you know, for all the necessary classes. And then the day after school starts, they change the curriculum. So I ended up taking second semester earth science my second semester freshman year first semester earth science my sophomore year and then biology and it was my schedule was all messed up so by the time i was a junior i took physical science with tyler you know which to be honest that was an awesome course i mean if anything it was the one course that really was reflective of how a college course is ran I mean, mm -hmm. Monday you did this, Tuesday you did that, Wednesday was the lab, Thursday was you, Friday was test. It was just boom, 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 boom. And I would almost argue, and it's not going to happen, but I would almost argue to say that having freshmen take a class like a physical, like a physical science, which is kind of a cornucopia of the sciences, a little bit of physics, a little chemistry, a little biology, um, you at least expose them to certain things and then go back to being a sophomore you're now a year in your high school experience you're in a year of your high school math whatever that might be and we know math in general there i bet if we looked at the kids in general of incoming freshmen a number of them are still going to be in high school math or pre-algebra or algebra one mm -hmm. um and then you know very few will be in geometry or even algebra two for that matter um because i know your son's a math whiz uh, but it's like, it, but it's like anything else. It's like the, the, where they are with math should be somewhat within the rear view mirror distance uh, of where they should be for science, because I know there is a correlation there. And I just think that it just, it, it, when, when you told me that biology is now a freshman science, my jaw dropped. I was like, I remember how hard I had to work in biology and I had coach guard. I mean, if I wasn't getting a tennis ball thrown out my head for sleeping first period, you know, I was, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, yeah. you know, thankfully, you know, at least, you know, look, the science department at Lincoln Hills High School is amazing. I'm, I'm very, I can say that with great confidence, not because Jocelyn is part of it. I mean, she's a big part of it, along with Tina Martin and, and Mrs. Campbell. And I mean, they're in, uh, yeah, it's just a, a great group, but it's just, like, there is a lot of now onus of reteaching a lot of basic things. I mean, I remember learning the scientific method in fifth grade, you know, and, and what that looked like, you know what I mean? It's just interesting that incoming freshmen would be just not able to kind of comprehend that. It's just, but again, it's just kind of where we're at in things. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think, you know, one of the things, Pat, like with the shift with NGSS and all that and the focus on like uh -huh. you know, inquiry and all that, I think and, and I mean, this is my personal opinion, but I remember right. when I was teaching and learning from some master teachers and they didn't immediately jump with at whatever the new, uh, newfangled thing in teaching yeah, educational absolutely. theory was. And I didn't understand that because I thought, well, this is the best, right? This is what we, and it took me a long time to understand. I'm like, no, 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 this is just the educational swing right now. It has swung this right. direction and you shouldn't be trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater each time. Yes. There are some wonderful things about NGSS and I am very happy that like to get some focus back on like inquiry and phenomena and phenomena and stuff like that. 
but I'm not throwing out all the stuff that I know I do really right. well that I get kids that Absolutely. constantly come back from college and say, that notebook was the thing that saved my life. That was yes. so good. I didn't understand at the time. I hated it at the time. And I'm like, and they're like, oh my God, that is what helped really get me through college. And I know how to take notes now. I know how to outline now. I know how, to, and, and they're like, and right. I use my biology notebook from high school in my college biology class. And I'm like, eh. you know, so. Yeah, sure. So yeah, it, it's some of the fundamentals you know, that uh, some people are very against right now. They're like, ooh, no direct instruction. It's all supposed to be, you know, right. student centered and student choice and da da. Right there's a lot of that stuff that has great value and you want your kids to succeed right. in college, then they need some Absolutely. of that too. They really, yeah. really do. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, and, and people, one of the things that at least in my environment is just the, and in my department, you know, teaching history, a number of the teachers I work with just regurgitate a PowerPoint. And that's, that's not, that's not the point of direct instruction. That's, it's just not. The, the, the PowerPoint is nothing more than a guide and um, there has to be other critical thinking items in there. And, and I think that you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, education is riddled with um, what's new, the, the whiz bang and cool and it's this. And, and, and I agree, you know, should, should students have a voice and choice? Absolutely. But at the same time, if you can't, for 15 minutes, sit and, and listen and take notes and, and extrapolate one iota of thing out of that 15 minutes, then, then that, that's, that's a skill that you're deficient in. So that has to be practice. I mean, so yeah, we can get into teaching theory, we could probably four hours on teaching theory. So, <laughs> all right. So I, I want to dive into this question and then we'll look at our, my, my quote. Uh, I love quotes. Um, you wrote a, a very strong response to the SVUSD board meeting. And mm -hmm. um, it was a letter, and, and, and this was actually almost a secondary. I mean, he also wrote a letter to the OCDE, I believe, regarding- uh, The OCDE, yeah, the Orange County mm -hmm. Board of Education. Yeah, board that was the first one I wrote, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Um, and, then, and then when the district had their board meeting a, a couple weeks ago, I know uh, uh, Mrs. Belfield, her, 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 her yeah. question was read, which was great. Um, but just to quickly kind of, you know, you, you know, summarize it, you know, one of the major things you touched on is teacher safety. Yeah. And it seems that in all of this, not only in the state of California, but across the board, teacher safety seems to be really the last piece of the puzzle. And I did, did a little research and just in the state of California alone, based on you know, numbers being registered. 40% mm -hmm. of teachers in the state of California are 55 and older. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and based on the CDC, based on the Orange County Department of Health, 55 and above, you now get into that high risk, you know, group of people. And, and I know a, a number of my former colleagues and friends and mentors at Lugan Hills High School are definitely over the age of 55. Right. And, um, and many of the people over the age of 55 or even younger also have the comorbidities. They have other things that are put them exactly. in the high group. Yeah, exactly. So, so with, and again, I don't think there's one teacher that would disagree mm -hmm. with not having kids back on campus. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's, and, and trust me, parents, we want kids, we want butts and seats, plain and simple. But why do you think, and we heard it from the Board of Education, we heard it from SVUSD, I've heard it from Capo, Orange County. Why, why does, they say safety, but they specifically don't seem to say teacher safety. So like, I mean, it's kind of, without going off on this, you know, huge, you know, potential political rabbit hole, but why isn't, why isn't teacher safety the, the 1A priority between students and teachers, because those are the two factors that are involved in the educational process. Why do you think it's being almost overlooked? I think the focus for everybody is their personal children and the fact sure. that as I think we've all discovered that our society is based on this idea that K through 12 isn't just education, it's also free childcare. 
And so once we've had a pandemic like this and we've never been in this situation before, we've all discovered that, oh, without that childcare, I haven't planned financially to provide that childcare for my kids. I can't do this at the same time as trying to do my job, blah, blah. So there's, I think there's been so much pressure that, oh, to get the economy going, everybody has to get back to work. Well, then the kids have to go back to school. Um, and so the, so the focus has been get the kids back and, oh, look, the numbers, the scientific numbers don't look like kids aren't dying at a very high rate. Kids don't seem to be having a problem with like real serious, um, uh, uh, COVID illnesses. So it's, so school's safe and just like making these very huge jumps um, and generalizations that the science doesn't actually support. But I... I, I think that's been a lot of the tendency. And when you look in the media, I mean, all the focus is on is right. on the, the kids themselves and that uh, they're not going to pass it to each other and they're pretty right. safe. So it's okay. Right. And so it's always on right. them opposed to school doesn't exist without the teachers. And as you said, you're right. like, right. hey, 40% in our district right there are at an age that uh, they are going to be at high risk, right. plus all the other people that if you have diabetes, a ki- you know, uh, kidney sure. illness, da, 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 that you're in those higher risk groups too. Um, I, it sounds awful. I think some people are like, well, there's always going to be some risk and some adults have to. So they're, teachers are essential workers. This is what you signed up for when you became a teacher. And they jump to that as if like you've signed right. something like a doctor or nurse that says <laughs> right. you are willing to put your life at risk. Right. And, I have so much respect for medical professionals that are putting themselves at risk right now every single day. I have many friends that are who've made their own face shields and stuff like that because they don't have the proper um, uh, PE, uh, PE to uh, PPE, sorry, um, to protect them. So they've had to make their own. And the problem is that's also the medical profession. Like I'm looking, looking at going, look, I can't get the right paper towels provided to my classroom for my labs. I don't get <laughs> boxes. Like, do you like, right. and so, yeah, if you ask most teachers, they're looking at it going, yeah, there's no way there's going to be the proper sanitation. There's going to be the proper safety right. followed. They're dead. And so, yeah, because from, sorry, but you know, years and years and years of seeing not enough um, funding and resources going into the classrooms for basic right. supplies, really, you're going to make sure that everything is provided <laughs> right. during a pandemic to make sure that we're not cutting corners. And then right. the people at the most risk and immediately would be, yes, your adults, your teachers in the room. But the problem is also there's like the research is very early. We have to understand that this was a new virus. Sure. And so when we know something more than we did in March now, it doesn't mean that scientists are just guessing. It means that right. that is the best advice we had at that time because we knew very little because it was a new virus. And now right. we know more. And in a couple of months, I, dear God, we better know more than that too. It's because sure. we have to have the time right. to do the, the research studies and the research that we have so far right. coming from Europe, coming from countries that had less than five or even 3% transmission that opened successfully. Even some right. of those places still had outbreaks in elementary schools. Most of the outbreaks right. were at middle and high school level um, age kids. Sure. But if it can be passed, it can be passed. It doesn't mean that... Yeah, sure. It could be less risk for elementary kids, like kids 10 and under to pass it to each other or to pass right. it to adults in their lives. But that's not no risk. We need to you know, admit that. And the problem right. is we don't know exactly right. what those numbers are under what conditions, because the science is still really early when it comes to putting all the research together. Um, sure. So, yeah. So I feel like we're in a rock and a, uh, we're in a rock and a hard place that there is pressure to get back as soon as possible. Um, right. The, Unfortunate, um, I'd say, in a, you know, in, a, in our leadership in this country, there's a lot of anti-science people that it's all about, like, get them back, get them back, get the economy. Right. Masks have been um, politicized, which is really unfortunate because right. it, it has nothing to do with politics. This is a very basic, right. like, ask any doctor, any nurse, any lab research technician, and all of them will be like, uh, of course I wear a mask with my job. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> we have decades and decades of experience showing that, of course, it decreases viral transmission. Um, right. So, of course, you would wear a mask. But so I've, it's so right. it's so unfortunate that we haven't had right. consistent, good leadership that is science based um, because right. there are countries that have. And those are the countries that right. are like going back to sporting events in person and having like theater right. production, like it boggles my mind that there right. are places in the world right now that had horrible outbreaks that have it so under control now. And we, it feels to sure. me like we would in five months. 
and it's right. heartbreaking. I want my kids in my class. <laughs> I want to teach them again. I want my kids back in their classes. Absolutely. So it's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. Last week, an elementary school in Indiana, um, they went back to school. Kids were in masks. They were social distance. First day of school, six oh. kids come up with COVID-like symptoms. Got to shut it down. Yeah. Because it's, you can't, and that's, and I think there's the reality is, that, you know, we were talking about sports, right? And, you know, I was talking with, with, with Lester about this is that you get one kid who tests positive. The whole team has to go into quarantine. So, and, and then it's the domino three, that team is, so you're quarantined for 14 days. You can't play the next two games. The team you just got done playing, they have to quarantine. So they can't play. So it's just, there's just a lot of, the problem is, is speculation versus the unknown. And, and again, I, I totally agree. We, we, we should listen to what the science is um, saying, but you know, so many people want to leap before they look. And again, I get it. It's, um, it's definitely uh, selfish uh, and, and you're entitled to be that way when it comes to your kid and what you want, what's best for them. Um, but I just, I want us to kind of take a step back because you're right. The edu education doesn't happen without educators. And, you know, uh, you want to homeschool your kid. Great. Have at it. There, there's plenty of programs out there that can do it. You know, some people are going to say, well, your, your thing's a homeschooling. I'm like, no, no, it's really not. But oh. it, it, but thank you for playing um, your game. So, um, all right. So let's dive into this last piece and then I'll let you go again. Your time is important to me. Um, but I'm going to take as much as I can. Um, all right. So this quote comes from a, a guy by the name of Weston Kieschnick. If you're not familiar with him, he wrote a book a few years back called Bold School, um, where he talks about the integration of old school wisdom and new school technology and how they come together. Um, and uh, he's also just recently written a book called um, uh, John and Blank. You know, he's got another book where he wrote with his wife, who's also a teacher. Um, and, and, and again, I've actually seen him personally. Uh, he came to Laguna Beach a couple times and worked with us directly. He's just a dynamic, super guy. Um, and uh, he says this. He says, engagement is more about what you can do for your students. Empowerment is about helping students figure out what they can do for themselves. All right. So again, engagement is more about what you can do for your students. Empowerment is about helping students figure out what they can do for themselves. We're moving to a distant learning model. How can we follow that uh, piece of wisdom? What can we do? I think as teachers, yeah, I mean, teachers, they have so many different ways to be engaging. They have all sorts of different personalities and there's all sorts of strategies that show that like engagement's higher if you tried this versus this. Um, and I think that that speaks to a lot of teachers using the distance learning platforms that they're given and like, you know, and I, again, a lot of grace to all of them for the various levels of training they've gotten on them, but to try to find a lot, just use their strategies, be creative with um, people to engage the kids to the best of their ability, knowing that it is a lot harder to get engagement when they're sitting at home and they have a zillion distractions in front of them and, and the teachers, right we can't eliminate those distractions. It would have to be something that is done by the parents at home to control that environment sure. so that Absolutely. we have a much higher chance of getting that student to be with us. Um, right. So, and so that's the thing as a teacher, we have very limited control. Um, but of the, of the part that we do, we can try to make it as engaging as possible. And, you know, as I said, the teachers have a wide variety of ways that they can really be engaging. And with these distance learning platforms, like some of them right. are like amazing, like virtual labs and they're, you know, right. some of them like storytelling. Some of them are using a lot of like, uh, you know, modern, uh, you know, social media and stuff like that and pulling stuff in sure. and giving kids a lot of choice and giving, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but if their iPad is there or their other devices right there out in right. front of them while they're supposed to be schooling, it makes it very hard mm -hmm. to come up with. So, um, yeah, so I think we are in a, it's especially challenging when we've got the students. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but speaking about the empowerment part, I mean, that's like the whole, I, to me, it like takes me back to like, you know, it's like teaching a man to fish, right? You can fish for them right. and that's almost the engagement part, but the empowerment, right. like you teach them to fish for themselves. It's like, that's the right. goal of all of teaching, right? 
is that Absolutely. we're trying to have this, we're trying to engage students so they want to learn this stuff and practice this and learn these skills. And so they get to the point that in my class, I don't need them to remember all the little details about biology. Right. But they should be well versed enough, thinking like a scientist enough at this <clears> point that they can go to documents on the internet and they can analyze them and they can be like, oh, that's a correlation that's not causation so they shouldn't be making sure. that judgment blah blah on something totally new i've never taught them because they have the skill set to do so now you know Absolutely. so that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping and you know i mean i mean that's for all of all of teaching right we're hoping that it's a yeah, it's yeah. a lifelong learning process and they have the skills from right from then on to use them but right yeah and i think in in, in what drives me nuts when i hear students you know they come into my classroom and they would bang on another teacher. Uh, So-and-so doesn't know how to teach. I'm like, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? And I'd be like, all right, so tell me what you did in class. Run me through it from start to finish, go. And they're totally able to regurgitate. I go, so you learned something. So it's not, you just don't like either the teacher, totally yeah. acceptable, mm -hmm. or you don't like the material. Totally get it. Okay. I hated geometry. I had to suffer through it. You know, I had to, Beg my way to a C minus so I didn't have to take summer school. So I totally get it. But I think what I would like to empower students is don't get caught up necessarily in the classroom environment. Get caught up in what they're trying to teach you. And, you know, I, have this, I always had a standing rule. If you walk away from my classroom and learn one thing, then I've done my job and you've done your job. Okay. If you can tell me how to do something, then you've learned a skill, you know? And I think, so like the school that I'm going to be at next year, uh, it's, it's a campus within our high school is called Destination Careers Academy and it's CTE focused, you know, career technical education. And I'm, I'm totally stoked on it because again, I have a corporate background. I understand what that, that takes, you know, what skill sets you need, you know, how to interview, you need to be able to do this now. And you know, I'm really giddy about it because these are things that I would teach in a normal classroom anyways, because is it important that the kids know what happened on July 4th, 1776? Probably. That's probably a good place to start for U.S. history. You know, they should know what the Constitution is. But, you know, but at the same time, if you can't, you know, be able to tell me what the main point of this, you know, resource is, or you can't you know, just write a complete sentence or, you know, tell me, you know, there's, there's skills that are involved that teachers don't have time to spend time on, but when they do, their kids like shoot through the roof. Um, and it, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, this, it, it, and I totally get it. Our, our 181 days is not enough time to get stuff done. It's not. And I don't, it, I don't, don't I, I will argue till I'm blue in the face on that one. And I probably got it a line behind me arguing the same concept. 181 days is not enough time to get stuff done. A 50 minute class with 40 kids in it, not enough time to get stuff done. I totally get it. Um, but I think we can teach them to fish. This is a pole. This is the string. This is the hook. Don't hook yourself. And here's your worm. You. I mean, right. something as elementary as that can just set a kid screaming down the tracks and I, and I think whether it's in the virtual space in brick and mortar it can be done and i think it, it comes back to who you are as a teacher kids will gravitate toward you i know that for a fact kids will gravitate toward me you know uh <laughs> i kind of have to use a tractor beam i have to really pull them in at times but you know it's like anything else it's i think the teachers in, in this 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 is going to sound really bad, but the teachers that struggled in the space that, that struggle with empowering their students is the kids aren't seeing who they are as people. And I, and I think that it, there's got to be a level of transparency to that is that you can't be so guarded that you have to be this rigid, you know, photocopy of this, you know, 1950 schoolhouse teacher. You have to, you know, let your hair down. I don't have hair to let down, but I got to let my hair down. You know, kids are going to, you know, I'm going to go off on a tangent. I'm going to let my ADD take over. And I'm totally fine with that because that's who my audience is. You know, I've got a three minute window to hammer something home. I better make it count. So, you know, it's just, 
Yeah, there's so so many. I mean, that's why everybody talks about relationships are the most important thing, and it's so right. true because most of the pe most of the students that are in our classrooms aren't necessarily like for me. They're they're not necessarily going to become you know. Uh, biology professionals in any way shape or form but right. if they feel welcome if they feel safe if they feel encouraged yes. if they feel like and i know i am if they feel that mrs brown is so weird that something odd is going to happen she's going to go off on a weird tangent and we're going to laugh at her and we're going to laugh together and it's at least a pleasant place to be I mean, I've had tons of students that actually failed my class who they're like, oh, yours was my favorite class. I wasn't going to do any work, but yours was my favorite class right, to be in every right, day. And I'm like, right. okay. And All right. Yay. Like, okay. I'm like, they made a choice that they didn't want to do the work, but they loved being there. Then I'm like, well, do you like, what did you take away from it? What did you, I mean, they still came Fine. away feeling like science was important. Biology is important, sure. even if they don't remember all the details and they love being right. there. And I'm like, well, then I, I'm, right. I'm okay with that, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and I saw something the other day is, is you got to choose the battles that let you win the war. You can't <laughs> fight every battle. You just can't. And, and, you know, I certainly have had kids that didn't turn one thing in and same thing, you know, Paul, I just like come to your class. I had no idea what you were going to do next. He jump on a desk, you know, <laughs> kick something over you know, dump Coke in your lap, whatever it is, you know, it was just, he was just, I wanted to see what was going to happen next. And I go, all right, but what happened on July 4th, 1776? <laughs> you know, what year was the war of 1812? You know, so, oh, so you learned something. Okay. Who's huzzah, huzzah. So, well, amazing. Thank you so much uh, yeah. for this. This was great. Thank you for, for talking with us. And, and again, this one's going to, again, I've been very blessed that everybody that's been on has been as awesome uh, as you. And I'm going to be rooting, obviously, for the Hawks. And, Thank you know, you. I want, uh, I, I know you will overachieve. I will be praying for Kirk. God bless him. <laughs> um, I know he, <laughs> he's yeah, like, he's, he's still fine. playing. No, I know. Um, but and the same thing, you know, with the boys, I, I, I wish them success. I know I'm sure we'll be in communication being the fact that our kids will have the same teachers. Um, but, uh, but by all means, thanks again for your time this morning. This has been great. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, everybody. Uh, again, you can find our podcast on Podbean, the everyday teacher dot podbean dot com. And you can find us on Apple podcasts, which is amazing. Uh, you can just type in the everyday teacher and it pops up. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, PJ Pollock, one, two, three. I posted my two minute, uh, Monday morning, two minute drill this morning on some of the things we talked about here today. And you can check out my blog, which is the everyday teacher dot blog, uh, edu blog dot com. So a lot of stuff there. Uh, we'll get this up on the site this week. Again, Jocelyn, thank you so much for your time and have a great rest of your Monday. and. Everybody out there, keep learning.